Welcome to Eccentric Earth, the podcast where I, your host, Amy Walker, delves into a story from across history with a guest who usually has no idea what the topic's going to be. But this time, the guest knows because this is the third part of our epic about John McCain. And back for the third time is Han. Hello. Hi. Yeah, it, it, I don't know, epic saga. I mean, I think both ter- both terms fit. It's been a, it's, he, uh, he lived a packed life. Yeah, and we're not even all the way through it yet. <laughs> that he was in that he was in a prisoner of war camp for five years. Yeah, well, at least we've only got like ten years of his life left. <laughs> that sounds quite mean, but no, I don't, that, that did sound a wee bit heartless. Just, no, just I, saying. I just meant it's like we're nearly there. You know, we've nearly covered the whole story, and there's a light at the end of the t- end of the tunnel. The guys just died. That phrase might be a bit too harsh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did kind of. Uh, <laughs> Oh, well, if you did it on purpose, that's that's better. It's been a few days for the listeners, and it's been a few days for us as well, because we did take a break after episode two, because after five to six hours, we got a bit drained. <laughs> yeah, it's surprisingly, from my point of view, it's sort of like listening to an interactive lecture. So <laughs> you have to keep your wits about you, and you have to engage with the material. So yeah, it is it is hard work. It's fun, but it's hard work. Yeah, and I'm reading for like five hours, so mm-hmm. that was less fun. <laughs> wow, my company didn't make it better. Oh, if it wasn't for your company, it would have been done in one episode blocks, Han. Ah, you're going to cut that out, aren't you? No. <laughs> but but you were just nice to me. This is I didn't I didn't think that you were allowed to let anyone know that you were nice to me. I'm I am always nice to my guests. Except when I spring horrific stories on them. But I'm usually nice yeah. to my guests. You're usually less nice to me, but that's just the sort of loving relationship we have. Yeah, if I was too nice to you, you'd, you'd freak out. Yes. All the shit I've done to you over the years. If I was well, nice, I do, it would I feel weird. Fact, I, do, I do miss the fact, I just, it just popped into my head, that because I don't see you so often, I don't get threatened with knives so often. <laughs> yeah. What? So I've threatened you with knives, I've... I've twisted everything you said for about was it a good twenty minutes oh, to make you sound like oh, a Nazi? It was, it was about it was about an hour. Was it an hour? Okay, yeah, it was an hour. It, okay, <laughs> it was a, it was a long it was a long 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 time. Twisted <laughs> <laughs> everything I said. Yeah, and you are the most un-Nazi like person I can think of. But I twisted everything. You you came across making Trump look like an angel in that conversation yeah. and i do not know how i did it <laughs> because, because you're evil that's a pretty solid explanation everyone everyone else had a good laugh i was just like oh no stop it be nice to white people so yeah if i was too nice with those experiences in mind you'd know there was something weird yes 
So, we've taken a few days break. Do you remember what we covered, roughly, where we got to? Uh, I think we were just about to start his his second presidential run. Mm -hmm. The 2008. 2008. Yeah, uh, he'd been a senator for a fair fair while at that point. A few decades, at least. He had attempted to do some things like change campaign finance laws. Yeah, which arguably some good things there, doing that. You know, good move. And then he decides to let John McCann out the box for his presidential campaign. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. And Jack McCann. For every moment of, I'm going to try and get some of the bad out of politics, there is a racist or sexist <laughs> joke. And I say joke. Um, comment that he thinks is a joke. I do. I do seem to recall. I mean, as I said, I was watching the Daily Show during the um, run up to the two thousand and eight election. I'm not going to call the Daily Show a news source. It was. It was where I got all my American news <laughs> from. Um, not being so invested in the politics as I was in the humour back then. Yeah, and I do recall that he was. Uh, yeah, the word maverick was bandied about a fair a fair bit. Yeah. It, it seems to have come up a lot to describe his political career. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of understandable. So, shall we get into his his run for the presidency? Yes, please. John McCain announced his formal candidacy for the presidency of the United States, and in turn his intention to seek the nomination of the Republican Party, shortly after noon in Prescott Park on the waterfront of Portsmouth on Wednesday, April 25th, 2007. In his announcement, he emphasised that... America should never undertake a war unless we are prepared to do everything necessary to succeed. He also stated, I'm not running for president to be somebody, but to do something. To do the hard but necessary things, not the easy and needless things. That's quite a disturbing statement. Yeah, I I, I think he assumed that would be somewhat comforting and inspiring, but it, it comes across slightly terrifying. Yeah, especially when you, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm here to do the hard things. Okay, I'm here to do the necessary necessary things. Okay, I'm not doing it for fame. Okay. But I do think that we should be able to do anything in war in order to win them. Mm, not, yeah. No, 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 because that just sounds like you want to be president because you want to bomb a lot of people. He did have the song, so. Yes, that is true. A few weeks prior to making his original announcement on Letterman, McCain was already beginning to trail behind former mayor of New York Rudy Giuliani in the polls, and a situation attributed to his steadfast support of the Iraq war troops surge of 2007. In March 2007, with considerable press attention and the hopes of reigniting his efforts, McCain brought back the Straight Talk Express campaign bus that he had used to positive effect in 2000. Not that positive, though. Well, he became president in two... Oh, no. <laughs> but then again, I mean, I'm trying to remember the field for 2008 for the, for, for the RNC. So it was McCain, Giuliani. No, Trump didn't, Trump didn't say anything till 2012. Mitt didn't run, did he? It was a fairly slim pickings that year, from what I recall. Yeah, I think Mitt was later, wasn't he? Yeah, Mitt was, I think... Mitt dabbled in 2012, maybe. No, no, Mitt was the contender in 2012, so maybe he did dabble in 2008. During his election campaign, McCain made a number of factually incorrect statements regarding the US military presence in Iraq and the increase (laughs) in safety this was providing. Again, Republican presidential candidate making factually incorrect statements. 
Complete incorrect statements. I mean, that's... You know, looking back on it, it, if they were shocked during this election run, oh boy. Yeah. On March 28th, McCain said that General Petraeus goes out in Baghdad almost every day in an unarmed Humvee. <laughs> on March 29th, CNN's John Roberts reported, I checked with General Petraeus's people overnight, and they said he never goes out in anything less than an up-armoured Humvee. On that same day, McCain also said, There are neighbourhoods in Baghdad where you and I could walk through those neighbourhoods today. The US is beginning to succeed in Iraq. That day, retired US Army General Barry McCaffrey issued a report saying, No Iraqi government official, coalition soldier, diplomat or reporter could walk through the streets of Baghdad without heavily armed protection. Fun fact though, they could do that before the war started. But, but freedom. Oh, sorry. It's, it's, they didn't have that, they had the wrong freedom, Han. They needed the right freedom. I I suppose if you look at it, they did make it more American by increasing the level of gun violence in the country. (laughs) It's such a, such a simple, simple thing to remember. And yet somehow it just, just doesn't stick. Just doesn't stick. That they were doing this for freedom. Freedom spelled O-I-L. Or F R E E D U A D U M B. Freedom. Yeah, I did steal that from Jim Jeffries. Oh, then I'm going to have to cut that, aren't I? <laughs> I can't. I can't afford to pay Jim Jeffries. Uh, well, what well, to be okay? Well, maybe if I say this, the name of his special that's out now on Netflix. There we go. It's free advertising. You can't complain. You covered our back. Well done. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I think you would be psyched if you, if you, if Jim Jeffries just listened to an episode, to be fair. Yeah, it's one of those things where if a famous person wants to sue me, awesome. Yeah, sue me. I've, I've got nothing that I can give you, but you'd be giving me a lot of free advertising. <laughs> yep. On the 1st of April 2007, McCain and other lawmakers visited Baghdad market and claimed that things are better and there are encouraging signs. God. <laughs> So when was the last time that they visited Baghdad market? Before this. Well, if, well, surely if you say things are looking better, you need to have been there prior. Uh, nah. No? Nah. You don't need no. past experience. Okay. So bear in mind, he said that he could do this without any protection and he'd be fine, okay? Mm-hmm. But during the visit, he was accompanied by what is described as an enormous security campaign. He himself wore a bulletproof vest and was surrounded by more than 100 troops and escorted by attack helicopters. (laughs) Oh, no, no. But to be fair, though, he did say some neighborhoods in Baghdad. So he just obviously went to, like, (laughs) the really, really bad part of town. Interestingly, the day after his visit, 21 workers and children from that same market were killed in a suicide bombing. So... Definitely, like he said, it's getting safer and is a much better neighbourhood now. Mm-hmm. Sounds it. Yeah. I saw, I was, um, this is tan- tangentially related. Um, I was reading something the other day that was all about cultural, it, w- it was basically making, it was, it was talking about gun violence and it was mm. um, saying that there is a very cultural reaction to the sound of a bang. That in America, if someone hears a bang, they assume it's a gun and they duck and cover. Whereas in England, if I heard a bang, I would not. I would. I would assume it was a car. I would. I would never assume that somebody was was firing at me or that my life was in danger. Yeah, and you'd more likely look around to see what it was rather than duck and cover. Yeah, it's a for me that's that incredibly weird um, concept of safety. Mm. 
that you jump at every noise because you assume it's a gunshot. Yeah, but you're safe because so many people have guns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to a, to like a different extent, like, you know, they say that like a lot of people from certain parts of Australia will always check their shoes before they put them on. Mm. No matter how long they've been out of the country, it's ingrained in them to check their shoes for, for deadly spiders because that is like normal risk awareness for where you grew up. But for similar countries to be to have such different reactions to the same sound based purely on the amount of firearms in the country just seems bonkers Mm, but they need those guns apparently yes in may 2007 it was reported that mccain had missed 42 consecutive votes in the senate while he was conducting his presidential campaign (laughs) which was five straight weeks from march to may McCain only attended three floor votes in the Senate. According to Washington Post statistics, McCain missed more votes than any senator, including Tim Johnson, who missed many votes after suffering with a brain hemorrhage. So he's beaten the brain hemorrhage guy for not being there. Yeah. Is there any... Oh, I'm going to ask a question. Sorry. Ah. Um, <laughs> ah. I'm changing the format. You just be quiet. <laughs> you're going to send me a picture of a knife, aren't you? <laughs> well, I might now. um i wonder if there's any i wonder if that i mean there aren't any sort of like absenteeism like you know it's not like you get docked pay if you don't turn up to work in the senate for a certain amount of your year but considering that he started his campaign going i'm not doing this for the fame i'm doing this to get shit done oh except the job that i already have i'm not going to do that anymore yeah he did just send me a picture of a knife (laughs) ladies and gentlemen i did not i did not I'm gonna I'm going to I'm gonna screen cap it and put it somewhere. Look, nothing bad is just happening. <laughs> like it keeps just flashing up on my screen now. That's quite intimidating. Then get the message, Han. <laughs> Stop Oh, a different one. She has multiple knives. I'm just gonna get you I'm gonna wait like half an hour and then just randomly send you yeah, a knife. Gonna... <laughs> I'm scared now. You should be. Yeah, so he said that he he just wants to do a good job, but he then completely neglects the job that he already has. Yeah, it's it's like when you're at work and you really want to get a promotion, and in order to show that you're the best person for the promotion, you do fuck all work in the job you've already got, so that they know you're yeah. the best person to give even more work to. Oh, not only that, I mean, he didn't even do that. He just stopped turning up to do- he just stopped <laughs> turning up to work. But I guess in this day and age, it's quite a canny thing because. People go back on voting records, don't they? So, so you know, if you don't ever vote on anything, I guess you can't be accused of... Yeah, that's true. It's like the amount of politicians I've checked out to see what their voting records are and gone, oh, no, I don't like this person. It's like, I guess you can't mm-hmm. do that with him. I don't know if that would be the best type of politician or the worst type of politician, one that never votes on anything at all. I'm going to go for worst. Um, yeah, that was 60, 63.8% of the votes were missed during his campaign. Wow. Yeah, pretty shit. Yeah. McCain's second quarter 2007 funding results and campaign financials were poor. Both McCain supporters and political observers pointed to McCain's support for the Comprehensive Immigration Reform Act of 2007, which was very unpopular among the Republican-based electorate as a primary cause of his fundraising problems. Large-scale campaign staff downsizing took place in early July, with 50 to 100 staffers let go, and others taking pay cuts or switching to no pay at all. That's an insane amount of people to lose. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I have, I don't, I mean, the only, the only um, real experience I have of running a presidential campaign is from the West Wing. <laughs> there are worse places to gain experience. <laughs> um, I'm getting confused now. Yeah, sorry, I was, I was, yeah, it's the West Wing where they have, where, yeah, but they don't, they don't have that many staff members even to start with. Mm. And, and Jed Bartlett still managed to be president, so I'm sure McCain will be okay. Yeah. That's my uh, expert analysis. Yeah, that's your recollection of recent history. On July 10th, that same year, uh, campaign manager, manager Terry Nelson and campaign chief strategist John Weaver both departed the campaign. McCain's co-chair for his Florida campaign, State Representative Bob Allen, was arrested on July 11th on charges of sexual solicitations. <laughs> July's a good month for him. Yeah. I wonder as well, after all his, because the last time that he ran, that the, when he ran for the presidency in 2000, he, um, he didn't take soft money, did he, because of nope. his stance on campaign finance. Um, did you manage to find out whether he took soft money in the... By, the time 2008 came round? I do not remember. I may have, and it may be in there, but this was a few days ago now. So I honestly can't remember because I did a lot okay. of reading on McCain in one session. So, I mean, you would assume, because considering that he had to let so many people go, that he was expecting a lot more money. Mm. I get the impression he, he didn't, and that's why his campaign is so underfunded, because he was relying on regular people donating, yeah. and then they were like, well, we don't like your stance on this, so no. And that's why he's mm -hmm. got no cash. That's how it seems, anyway. Yeah. On July 16th, nine members of his staff, which included Brian Jones, McCain's communications director, and two deputies, Matt David and Danny Diaz, also announced their resignations. So he is hemorrhaging people. So he let a few people go, and then everyone just started quitting. Yep, or getting arrested. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he's only had one person arrested, come on. It's worse than no people arrested. Well, that's true. That, that, that's true. I mean, Trump would be gleeful if only one of his people had been arrested. <laughs> Following the upheaval, the new McCain campaign put out a plan for how to continue. Entitled Living Off the Land, it called for expenses to be greatly cut and for McCain to take advantage of free media such as debates and sponsored events. I thought he was going to suggest that he, that he does like... <laughs> that. They decided to cut expenditures by just staying at, at constituents' houses along the door and getting fed by them. <laughs> you know, it, it, from a publicity standpoint, that would kind of work as well. Like It would work in America. It wouldn't work in this country. Oh, yeah, in this country, would, half the people would tell the political leaders to fuck off rather than let them in the house. In February 2008, despite his earlier statements against waterboarding, McCain voted against a ban on the techniques used by the CIA. The bill in question contained other provisions to which McCain objected, and his spokesman said, This wasn't a vote on waterboarding. This was a vote on applying the standards of the Army Field Manual to CIA personnel. Also known as a loophole. Yeah. See, e even if there's other stuff in that bill that he agrees on and says, Yes, we should do this, if he's so against waterboarding, object the entire bill on the inclusion of waterboarding. That's how you have morals and, and stick to your ethical compass, not just over, overlooking it for other things. But it seems like both sides, because if he's arguing that anything is that anything in war it can, become, can become necessary, then 
He's also blocking, I'm assuming that the Army Standards Manual has more robust guidelines for treatment of prisoners. So if he's stopping the CIA from being for having to follow that, he's opening the door to actually more extreme measures being used. Mm. I, I think. I, either way, it's not good. No. Yeah, he, he should not have let that go through. But didn't he say that waterboarding was fine? No, he was against it, and, but now he's allowed it to be used. Oh, yeah, of course. He said he said it's not enhanced interrogation. It's torture, isn't, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. He he said it was torture. It shouldn't be used. And now he's allowing its use. I forgot that he was against it. I thought that he was for it. Mm. But no, he's always been against it. OK. Despite his early difficulties, he won the race to become the Republican presidential candidate. On the 5th of March 2008, President Bush welcomed McCain to the White House and officially endorsed the man who would be his party's standard bearer. A boost to McCain's campaign came on March 25th, when former First Lady Nancy Reagan endorsed the senator at her home in Bel Air. Reagan released a statement reading, John McCain has been a good friend for over 30 years. My husband and I first came to know him as a returning Vietnam War POW, and were impressed by the courage he had shown throughout his terrible ordeal. I believe John's record and experience have prepared him well to be our next president. Well, that's an endorsement right there. Yeah. Although... Interestingly, they did fall out for a while because um, Nancy really didn't like the way John and Cindy broke up and mm. she didn't consider him a friend for quite a while. So, But then it is the way, isn't it, that the old guard always endorse, in, endorse the new guard. Yeah. It doesn't actually matter what they think. It, they just towing the party to... line. They've got to do it. The party line, yeah. On the 26th of March, McCain gave his first major speech on foreign policy since securing the nomination. While McCain warned that national security could not be achieved through passive measures, he sounded a conciliatory tone in regards to foreign policy in general. Speaking to the World Affairs Council in Los Angeles, he stressed the need for more cooperation with allies, called for nuclear disarmament, and said that he detests war. He stated that America's power does not mean we can do whatever we want, whenever we want. The only comment I have to make about that is, I don't really trust anything that a candidate says on the campaign trail to be any level of fact as to how they're actually going to behave once they're in power. Mm. On the 31st of March, McCain began a biographical tour, visiting several places that were key to his early life and military career. In early April, McCain said that he had compiled a list of roughly 20 potential running mates and that he hoped to have select a vice president well before the Republican convention in September. Barack Obama became the Democratic presumptive nominee on the 3rd of June, and McCain immediately proposed a series of 10 joint town hall meetings with him at which the two could engage each other beginning the very next week. Obama first agreed in principle to the notion, but later rejected McCain's proposal, offering instead one meeting on the Independence Day holiday and four additional debate-style joint appearances. McCain, in turn, rejected that proposal, saying that America <laughs> would pay less attention to a town hall appearance due to the holiday. He was quoted as having said, I want the American people to have to have the exposure to a number of town hall meetings, not just one. McCain had begun to search for a running mate to join the Republican ticket after clinching the Republican nomination. Former candidates Mitt Romney and Mike Huckabee were mentioned as possibilities, as were many other leaders in the Republican Party and business world. On August 29th, which happened to be McCain's 72nd birthday, at the Nutter Center for Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio, McCain's running mate was revealed in a surprise pick as Alaska Governor Sarah Palin. 
It's a very consider, considering what Sarah Palin gets up to. Nutty University is 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 the perfect place to avail her. Yeah, it really jumped out at me straight away. I was like, hmm. I wonder if he knew and picked it that for that reason. I always got the impression that he was told <laughs> that that would be his running mate. <laughs> McCain had only talked to her a few times prior to this, and the campaign's vetting operation had mostly relied on internet searches to check her background. <laughs> Because that's how you pick a potential vice president. Yeah, seems legit. Let's see what our Wikipedia page says about her. Oh, she seems all right. Wikipedia is great, but don't don't use it to pick political leaders. No. Palin's career in Alaska had shown maverick tendencies similar to McCain's, and McCain hopes that Palin's youth reformist record, appeal to social conservatives, and appeal to disaffected Hillary Clinton voters would outweigh her lack of national and international visibility or experience. Yeah, at the time it was just seen as a transparent ploy to try and get women voters. Yeah. Now, this is one of my favourite quotes for the whole thing. One of his aides privately remarked using an American football metaphor during the announcement, we just threw long. Yeah. Which, yeah. We just we just threw pretty much to Russia. <laughs> <laughs> At the 2008 Republican National Convention, McCain was formally nominated by roll call on the night of September 3rd, following Palin's vice presidential acceptance speech. Which seems weird that he's already considered the nominee, has picked his VP, and then gets formally announced. Mm. But I, know, it's, I, I just think America's campaigns and stuff, they go on way too long. They go for years. Yeah. It's just it's too much. McCain himself appeared on stage at the convention for the first time following her speech, telling the cheering delegates, don't you think we made the right choice for the next vice president of the United States? No, I think that I, I personally think that he would have had a much better chance without her. She just became a weight around his neck. Yeah, she um, definitely made things worse, I think. Mm -hmm. On September 24th, McCain announced that he would suspend his campaign and seek to delay a debate with Barack Obama scheduled for the 26th so that he could work with Congress towards the reworking of and agreement on the Paulson Financial Rescue Plan. McCain urged Obama to do the same. However, Obama refused, and two days later, McCain announced that he would resume his campaign and went ahead with the debate. Some commenters questioned whether the campaign had ever actually been suspended, as McCain ads continued to play. McCain's spokesman continued giving statements criticising Obama, and McCain campaign offices remained open, whilst McCain himself continued to make speeches and give interviews. So it was suspended in a sort of non-suspended i mean i don't yeah i mean it, I, this is something that i didn't know about about the whole um debate debate things going on is that mccain obviously wants a town hall style which is incredibly informal he's not going to be held to answer any particular questions with any rigor um mm. and he can sort of do the whole folksy chat thing whereas obama wants a sort of more more rigid i want a debate structure i want this to to you know be properly moderated i want it to be about the issues this kind of stuff which plays to his strengths so then mccain goes oh i know let me see if i can guilt obama into 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 not doing it it's <laughs> basically what it seems like to me yeah it it sounds like he had a ploy to get around things and then like the fact that he didn't actually suspend his campaign shows that it was it was all kind of a bit bollocks yeah you know at least if he just stopped doing stuff for two days otherwise it just seems a bit 
transparent. Even if it's not, it just it it looks like it was total bollocks. Yeah. After Obama declined McCain's suspension suggestion, McCain went ahead with the debate on the 26th. Another debate was held on the 7th of October. Like the first one, polls afterwards suggested that Obama had won it. A final presidential debate occurred on October 15th. During and after it, McCain compared Obama's proposed policies to socialism, specifically making the reference to the term redistributionist. I love the fact that socialism is a swear word. Yeah, it, I don't I don't understand why it's such a big thing. But... Because wealth is everything and socialism might possibly take away my wealth. And even if I don't have wealth now, at some point I might get wealth. So I need to make sure that my future potential wealth is protected. Sure, that makes sense. Not really. No. On October 10th, a female McCain supporter at a rally said that she did not trust Barack Obama because he's an Arab. Yeah, I think it was probably Arab. McCain's rallies had become increasingly vitriolic, with hecklers denigrating Obama and with rallygoers displaying a growing anti-Arab, anti-Muslim and anti-African-American sentiment. McCain turned to the woman and replied, No ma'am, he's a decent family man and a citizen that I just happen to have a disagreement with on fundamental issues. Some have said that McCain's response was considered one of the finer moments of the campaign and a marker for civility in American politics. However, others have pointed out that his response of no, he's a decent family man to the statement of he's an Arab is racist. Being of Arab descent and a decent family man have nothing to do with one another and are not mutually exclusive. McCain's response could have been better. He could have pointed out that it does not matter whether someone is Muslim or Arab or anything else. Mm -hmm. See, that's one of the the things I've seen shared a lot since he died with people yeah. holding it up as an example of him being great. I think he was trying to be good in what he said there. Yes, I don't, I don't think that he was trying to equate Arabs with, with, you know, Arabic people with not being good family men. I, I see that more as trying to shut that person down and, and unfortunately not doing a very good job of it. Yeah. Um, I do find it very, very interesting though, that this is obviously the beginning of the more rabble-rousing, vitriolic, shouty crowd style that Trump played to such great effect. It does seem to be kind of where this began. Yeah, when you when you look back at, because as I said, I think I mentioned this in, a, in one of your podcasts a few months ago, that I've been re-watching daily shows from sort of 2011, 2012, and you can see why... Looking, looking back at it and the way that you had McCain, who was sort of a rabble rouser, but was still a decent, was still generally a decent human being. Mm. And then you had Romney, who was just a cardboard cutout, incredibly boring, didn't really fire up anybody, let even himself. So the stage was completely set for the total maverick rabble rouser. Let's shout slogans at campaigns because we don't actually need speeches. You know, the, the more the more I look at sort of the way Donald Trump has played his base, the, has played his supporters, I don't think he's an unintelligent man, which scares me. You know, especially in this last week, he tweeted something about his um, favorability rating, which was entirely false. Mm. But and everybody pointed out that it was entirely false. But his supporters aren't going to believe anybody he says who says it's not true. They are just going to believe what he said. And he has done a very, very good job of making his supporters feel like he is only the, he is the only voice of truth. Mm. 
which is why so many people who aren't in that bubble are sort of like screaming, going, oh my God, how can you not see it? Yeah. See, one, one of the things that, that jumped out at me about that as well is it's the start of the, was it, I don't want to say crazier, but more vocal and more extreme right wing in America. And what what it focuses on focused on a lot with Trump's campaign and even now was stuff like immigrants and the wall and all that. And here it began as well with race, but aimed at one mm. person. It's like, can we trust this person to be a good president because he is not white? And then that's shifted now to all non-whites are bad. And it just, yeah. it even back then, even though it was very concentrated and didn't have this big thing of the whole world looking at it and going, this whole campaign is fucked and racist. It, I think it was still, a lot of these dissenters were, it was very, very much based on racism more than anything else. Oh yeah. I think, I think that the last 10 years of politics have shown that racism in America never went away. It just went underground and yeah. So once Obama got in, people sort of felt like they had the right to criticize a president in a way that never been done before because he was black and make assertions regarding his heritage, regarding his religion in a way that another president would never have been questioned. Yeah. And then that just escalated the the fact that it wasn't just sort of like, you know, the Dems are being good guys and going, oh, yeah, we can we can deal with the black president for one term. But they turned around and went, no, we're having him twice. We mm-hmm. like this dude. That then turned around and made, ev- and made people sort of go, oh, shit. And now racism has resurfaced it's not it you know people do not feel the need to be quiet about their racism anymore and i you know i think it it's always been there especially yeah. when, when you know when they've actually started looking at the systemic police violence and and all these things it's it's become blatantly clear that americans racism problem has not disappeared it just went underground for 30 years yeah i, I don't really know what else to say about it it's it's not not good <sighs> fucking racists yeah and even like, you know, after um, Molly Tibbetts was killed, I saw a number of, um, I have a number of American friends on Facebook and, uh, and you know, somebody was like, uh, rest in peace, Molly Tibbetts, build that wall. And it was like, Oof. what? Just no. It, it It's almost getting to the point where I almost don't know what to say in response to it anymore because the, these people who come out with stuff like that, you, you're never going to change their mind. No. It is so ingrained in them and it's like, and go this wasn't anything to do with him him being an an illegal immigrant no this is about violence to do with this is about violence against women oh did you hear about the white dad who killed his wife and two kids this week yeah yeah same same week but what's the one that gets held up Mm. and and even her family turned around and said don't make this about race or immigration her family who are mourning her loss had to get in step in and get political on the situation which is is fucking appalling you shouldn't have to come in and say stuff like that while you're the death of your child no uh, i mean i only knew about the father uh because the woman had one of the same conditions that i have and so i belonged to a support group that she was in and so i actually uh, you know i heard that because she had real life friends on on the group and she she went she went missing um but you know it was only because there was a personal link to this to this woman that i heard that news at all the election took place on november 4th and barack obama was projected the winner at about 11 p.m mccain delivered his concession speech at the arizona biltmore hotel in phoenix at about 11 20 
In the end, McCain won 173 electoral college votes to Obama's 365. Once again, McCain's failure was due to not securing key battlegrounds such as Florida, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. McCain gained 46% of the nationwide popular vote compared with Obama's 53%. His concession speech that night congratulated Obama on his victory and said, We have come to an end of a long journey. The American people have spoken and they have spoken clearly. I think one one thing that does sort of um does seem to be a running thread and and I said this without thinking when I was when I was making a point earlier and then and I was going to take it back and then I went no actually no I don't think I, I don't want to is that he does actually seem to be like for the most part a, a decent human being mm. that you know he ra- he ran for the pre- presidency he did the best job he could Obama spanked him <laughs> and he conceded with grace yeah, he, you know, that, as far as concession speeches go, that's pretty good. It's like, yeah, this is what America wants. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't make a big thing of it. He didn't turn around and go, where's that birth certificate? <laughs> yeah. Following his defeat in the 2008 election, McCain returned to the Senate amid varying views about what his role might play. Some Republicans criticized his campaign for incompetency and his lack of a Republican leadership position in the Senate might hamper his effectiveness. In mid-November, he met with President-elect Obama and the two discussed a number of issues. Around the same time, McCain indicated that he intended to run for re-election to his Senate seat in 2010. In December 2008, McCain cautioned against Republicans trying to exploit the rog... rog? No, rod... (laughs) blagogepic. What? Sorry, it's just... Sorry, I just, yeah, you just found that word like on about six separate occasions. Yeah. And it's only the word rod. <laughs> don't make me send you another picture of a knife, Han. Um, please don't. He said that working together to solve the nation's economic crisis was more important. Regarding a possible presidential candidacy in 2012 by his former running mate Sarah Paling, McCain demurred, praising her efforts on his own campaign, but saying, At this stage, my corpse is still warm. <laughs> Please don't let me go through that again. But <laughs> you're not with that woman. Yeah. He added that he was over feeling sorry for himself about the campaign. But the point is, you've got to move on. I'm still a senator from the state of Arizona. I still have the privilege and honour of serving this country, which I've done all my life, and it's a great honour to do so. During 2009, Obama consulted with McCain on a variety of matters, including nominations at top national security posts and McCain's perceptions from a trip to Pakistan and Iraq. The initial good blood between the two of them was something rarely seen between a president-elect and his defeated rival. See, I would be, I'd, I'd kind of like to see them bring back the system where the defeated rival becomes the vice president. Yeah, I think on paper it sounds like a good idea, but the VP is generally a, a fairly powerless political position. Mm. So it would be seen as pandering. I think there are there are combinations that could work, but I think that partisanship is so entrenched that a Republican president wouldn't ask a Democratic VP and a, a, a Republican VP wouldn't accept from a Democratic mm. president. I think if the VP had more power, but I think that the, the thing, you know, one of the things that made Obama stand out was um, the fact that he knew who to call on for advice. He knew whose ears were good ears on different subjects and he and he utilized mm. the expertise of other people um which made him an incredibly effective leader so yeah i, I, I think that it would have worked a, a um obama mccain might have worked pretty well mm. I, I get the sense it would have 
In May 2009, John and Cindy McCain attended the graduation of their son, John S. Jack McCain, the fourth from the Naval Academy. He became the fourth generation of John McCain's to do so. Oh, Johnny Jackie McCann McCain. I really wanted you know, one of his kids to, to just like, you know, go and be a pot farmer in Venezuela or something. <laughs> just really go, no, fuck this noise. <laughs> yeah. You can't let the John McCain line down. You've got to go into the Navy. President Obama spoke at the ceremony and gave the new graduate an extra congratulatory gesture. Uh, he gave him a thumbs up, which I think cool. I think that clip's been used quite a lot of Obama giving the thumbs up to him on the podium. In June 2009, McCain criticised Obama for not taking a stronger public stance regarding the disputed Iranian presidential election. People are being killed and beaten in the streets of Tehran and all over Iran, and we should stand up for them. McCain allied with Obama and US Defence Secretary Robert Gates in co-sponsoring an amendment to remove additional production of the F-22 Raptors from a Senate military authorization bill in July. After the removal succeeded, McCain said in reference to a defence procurement, this really means there's a chance of us changing the way we do business in Washington. Yeah, because... They were both willing to reach across the aisle mm, yeah. in order to get shit done, whereas most of the Republicans just went, let's spend eight years making sure that Obama can't do nothing. Yeah, you know, why cooperate and be adults when you can make things more difficult? In September the same year, as the debate about proper US course of action in the Afghanistan war grew, McCain wrote with colleagues Lindsey Graham and Joe Lieberman that Growing numbers of Americans are starting to doubt whether we should have troops in Afghanistan and whether the war there is even winnable. We are confident that not only is it winnable, but that we have no choice. We must prevail in Afghanistan. I think they kind of have a choice. Freedom? Yeah, freedom. Woo. McCain told Obama at an October 2009 meeting at the White House that he should make a decision quickly and not engage in a leisurely process, which brought rebukes from Obama and Senator Carl Levin. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, no, no, rush, rush the decision on this, President. Yeah. This is what we need. We need, a rush, we need a rushed call. Especially when it comes to war and military. Snap decisions. Yeah. That's what you need. Yeah. As long as that snap decision is yes. A month later, he said that he was angry and disappointed with President Obama for not having yet made a decision on whether troop levels in Afghanistan should be ramped up. He also harshly criticised Obama for scrapping construction of the US missile defence complex in Poland. So for somebody who says that he detests war, he certainly does seem to like to dabble in the paraphernalia of war. Yeah, he does seem pretty pro-war at this point. Yeah. When the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act finally passed Congress and became law in March 2010, McCain strongly opposed the landmark legislation, not only on its merits, but also on the way it had been handled in Congress. As a consequence, he warned that congressional Republicans would not be working with Democrats on anything else. He said, there will be no cooperation for the rest of the year. They have poisoned the well in what they've done and how they've done it. Oh. Yep. So much for the getting along together. Yeah. In response, White House Press Secretary Robert Gibbs compared McCain to a six-year-old child who wants to take his toys and go home. Which sounds fair enough. He was kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't remember the ins and outs of what he's talking about, because it seems like he's saying that the Democrats were sort of somehow underhand, did it underhandedly. Mm. Whereas, you know... It seems more like it was passed. And then he's like, 
didn't want it to pause. Yeah. Yeah. He's just being a dick about it now. Yeah. He he's annoyed with Obama because of the war stuff, so now he's being a dick about other stuff. Yeah, he's reaching grumpy old man status. Yeah, well, he's late 70s, so mm-hmm. grumpy old man is in full effect. In September 2010, McCain led a successful filibuster of the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2011, which included a measure to allow repeal of the Don't Ask, Don't Tell law regarding gays in the military. Regarding the debate, McCain said, Don't Ask, Don't Tell should wait until a Department of Defense survey on the views of the military towards repeal of it was published, and that the efforts to attach amendments to the authorizations were politically motivated by the upcoming midterm elections. And yet your but your filibuster wasn't politically motivated at all. No. No, definitely oh. not. The dispute over the repeal threatened to prevent the authorization bill from passing for the first time since nineteen fifty two. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm I didn't know if I remembered that or if it was just something because yeah, it's something that it's one of those bills that traditionally just goes by without a issue. Can we have this much money for the military? Yep. He said it may be premature to make such a change at this time and in this manner. It's 2010! Yep, too soon. You know, those people weren't invented like 10 years ago, right, McCain? I'm pretty sure they didn't exist until Will and Grace hit TV. Yeah, well, that was that's more than 10 years ago. My point still stands. <laughs> I will allow it. <laughs> Joint Chief of Staff Admiral Mike Mullen responded by saying that should repeal occur, some soldiers and Marines may want separate shower facilities. Uh. Some may ask for different berthings. Some may even quit the surface. We'll deal with that. But I believe, and history tells, that most of them will put aside personal proclivities for something larger than themselves and for each other. Like they did when black soldiers started fighting alongside them because as is always the case when you're side by side doing a difficult job you just care that the person next to next to you has your back you do not give a fuck what you know who they are it doesn't matter who they are or who they do you're there for each other to save each other's life that's that's what matters and you'd think as a military man mccain would realize that Mm -hmm. however he disagreed and said well i couldn't disagree more we send these young people into combat We think they're mature enough to fight and die. I think they're mature enough to make a judgment on who they want to serve with and the impact on the battle effectiveness. Oh, do you know what? I would absolutely love for like, it would have been such karmic retribution if one of his, you know, colleagues, colleagues in service came up and went, oh yeah, so I was standing next to you and I was going this the whole time. That would be good. I I can one up in a, it would be good if scenario. What what if John McCain the fourth, who was in the navy, was gay? Mm. But then that's but then that seems to be like, a, you know, so often people's minds don't get changed until they have actual personal experience. Yeah, of those, which is sad because it's like, why can't you just give people the benefit of the doubt first, rather than just going bad? Oh, I found one good one. Hmm, okay, maybe it's not just one good one. Maybe there's more than one good one. Oh, they're all okay. Okay. See, th- there were a few quotes on this, and I didn't use all of them, but one of them, he basically said, I was in the Navy. I know what went on. There were gays in the Navy. I fought alongside gays. Some of them were my friends. We just didn't make a big thing of it. So let's not make a big thing of it kind of viewpoint to it all. He was very much like, yeah, it happens, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
because but that's still the whole don't but that's the whole ethos of don't ask don't tell mm. it's like you're allowed to be gay just don't tell us and it's like you are asking these people to go and put their lives on the line for for your freedom and yet you are not giving them the personal freedom to be who they to be who they are that's fundamentally sick you can't expect freedom to work both ways surely no I I think uh, do you know what I I I do sometimes think that the only way that this world is ever going to get itself properly shook up and 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 all the sort of like racism and homophobia and transphobia and, and everything is is going to stop is if we get um invaded by aliens because that's the only way that we're going to turn around and go oh do you know what the aliens aren't just attacking America they are attacking the world because we are all citizens of the world we are all people first but there just doesn't seem to be that whole sort of like why can't we start start with that start with we're people but would that happen though or would it still be those kind of divisions and if the world came together and worked together to fight off the aliens and did a independence day scenario would it then go back to we did good but you're black so i don't like you because i don't see world peace in a we fight off the alien scenario it's we we got rid of them now america will hoard all of their tech and fuck the rest of the world because you're the rest of the world we don't like you we're still america kind of view going on you're making me sad now i know i'm sorry i'm I'm a pessimist that's just the way i i see the world but yeah you know they don't want any country other than them to have nukes so you, you think they'd share the alien tech after we beat the aliens no they'd be fuck the rest of you it, we're America. We're the top dogs. So the uh, I don't know. I we just I just I would just like to think that people in general are better than that, even though they prove me wrong on a daily fucking basis. <laughs> yeah, I used to like to think people were better, but then look what the fuck's happening in the world every day, and the way people yeah. are voting, and the consequences of that, and general small scale atrocities that average people do and it's like i i don't have any faith in people anymore this is why i work for an animal charity because animals are better than us they're nicer animals are better than us apart from ducks um what? you don't like ducks just um, no i'm not no i'm i'm not saying i don't like you know it's like cats are evil that's that's why i like them but you know they're not they're not better than us they're not nicer than us you just can't understand what fucking shit they're saying saying about you because yeah. <laughs> you don't don't <laughs> fucking amy always stints on always stints on the feed that's what they're saying about you behind your back you know probably yeah but i do but i do think that there are there are good people there are there are genuinely good people oh yeah and i think that that as a good person you have to keep the faith for humanity because the more good people that give up the more you know what is it the only thing it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing mm. That's why you can't count so on I, men. You need women and non-binary people to get in there. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I, 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 it came out of my mouth and I went, oh, I should have said people. And I thought, no, I'll leave it. It's a quote. <laughs> um, yeah, I keep, a, I keep a little light burning for humanity. I believe that we, have the, that we do have the power within us to, be, to deserve our place in the universe. Not going to happen. Definitely not in my lifetime. <laughs> oh, um, God, no. <laughs> not happening in our lifetimes, no. I do prefer to think of people as genuinely good, gen- generally good, not generally bad. I think individually people tend to be good. It's when you get mob mentality. Yes, yes. And especially when you get, you know, when you then get things like mob mentality and the facade of anonymity like the internet and things. Yep. Where um, 
you know, you know, I think it was before we started recording, I was saying I was having a discussion about healthcare with um, somebody who declared himself a, a, a Trump supporter. And, um, and we talked, we talked very civilly for, for, for about half an hour about various different things. And, and at the end, you know, he said, thank you. Thank you for being civil. Thank you for engaging in debate and not going to insults. And, 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 and it is true is that on both, on both sides, people just stoop to slinging insults. Mm. And I mean, yeah, to, and, it, and it's just like, can we not just have some rational debate about things? I'm occasionally sarcastic. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty occasionally. Yeah, I'm okay. No, I mean, like in co- like in comments to strangers, like some some you know there was there was some article and some anti-feminist came on some MRA came on to the article and was has been like with feminism is blah 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 blah, which was entirely wrong. Um, and so I went, thanks for explaining feminism wrongly, Mark. You're great. Um, <laughs> just like me being sarcastic because it's like yeah, well done. Anyway, we got off topic again. So when don't ask, don't tell was repealed. McCain said. Today is a very sad day. Well, of course it is. Things will never be the same. <laughs> the fabric of reality is going to unravel. Dogs will be starting to sleep with cats. Anarchy in the streets. Anarchy in the sheets. Remember, all of that happened. Definitely. He said, there will be high fives all over the liberal bastions of America, from the elite schools that bar military recruiters from campus to the salons of Georgetown and the talk shows where people most of whom who have never served in the military, will crow over the law's repeal. Allowing gays to serve openly in the Marines would prove a potentially deadly distraction, and I don't want to permit that opportunity to happen. Tough. And yeah, we did high-five. We went, yay! Yeah. Equal rights! What scumbags are we? High-fiving equal rights! Yay! (laughs) We're being treated like humans. Whoa, we're monsters. On November 2nd, 2010, McCain defeated Democrat City Councilman Rodney Glassman in the general election to win a fifth term in the US Senate. McCain took 59% of the vote. McCain was sworn into his fifth term as a senator on January 3rd, 2011. While control of the House of Representatives went over to the Republicans, the Senate, the Senate stayed Democratic and McCain continued to be the ranking member of the Senate Armed Services Committee. As the 2011 Libyan civil war took place, McCain was one of the strongest congressional supporters of the 2011 military intervention in Libya by the US, NATO and other countries. But he's not pro-war. No, no, he's just never, he's just never met a war he doesn't like. That's the problem. <laughs> I don't think he enjoyed Vietnam. I think he, no, I, I don't, I think, <laughs> I was going to say, I think he enjoyed Vietnam. That seems slightly harsh. Um, <laughs> just a bit. I think. Yeah, I mean, considering that he was there, considering he had the actual sort of epiphany of what the fuck are we doing bombing bombing these people when they're just people, he does seem to have... I mean, I'm assuming that, that his treatment probably hardened him hardened him away from that stance a fair bit. Yeah. Um, but, uh, just, <laughs> no, no. In April 2011... He staged a visit to the anti-Gaddafi forces and the National Transitional Council in Benghazi, the highest ranking American to do so. Whilst there, he said, they are my heroes and urged that they receive weapons, training and ground to air support, although not necessarily all from the US. (laughs) So he's trying to get other countries to get involved because bless him. Yeah, the coalition of the willing. 
premonition of the of the definitely not so willing the second time round after we got boned by boned in Iraq. Yeah. Following the successful May 2011 US mission to kill Osama bin Laden, McCain congratulated Obama and the US forces involved and said that advanced interrogation methods had not measurably helped produce the information that led knowledge of the that that led knowledge of the terrorist leaders whereabouts. That's a bit of a broken sentence. Mm. But you get the point. He Sorry. he is like advanced interrogation didn't help. Right. But he allowed adv- in advanced interrogation torture in that bill he allowed through. Yeah. So he was against it, but allowed it, and in the end said it didn't really help. So they tortured for no reason. Yeah. Okay, cool. As long as we're all on the same page. That's that yeah, I mean it's it's incredibly well known that torture does not work. Torture actually has the exact opposite effect because it makes people tell you anything you want to hear for a start. Yeah. And if it's ever discovered it just makes people more want want to fight against you more. Mm. Um, yeah, it is the worst idea. The the dollop actually did an amazingly good episode called the torturous called the torture psychologist. I don't think I've heard that one yet. It's it's really really good. In in theory, on paper, torture should work in the sense of people don't want to be in pain. So if you threaten them with it, they will tell you everything. Like me personally, fingernails freak me out. Like the idea that. If you wanted information from me, you don't even have to do anything. Just tell me you're going to pull out my fingernails and I will give you every fucking thing I know. But in reality, it doesn't work. It does not work. That that scene in S.H.I.E.L.D. Where get, you know, she gets the things put under her fingernails, doesn't she? And I was like, oh, no, I did like that. <laughs> yeah, fingernails. You don't even have to do it. Just tell me you're going to and I, I will sing like a canary. Yeah, but that's why you're not part of MI5. In November 2011, as part of the National Defence Authorization Act for 2012, McCain and Senator Carl Levin initially proposed to permit the indefinite detention of American citizens by the US military. This would have been without charges or trial, solely on the grounds of suspected terrorist activity. Yep. And, and funnily enough, none of the Republicans who are so worried about a government takeover, had any problem with the fact that the Republicans were trying to get this measure through that meant American citizens could be arrested by American military and held without trial on American soil. Forever. Forever. Yeah. That, that, the concept alone is, is horrifying. And the fact that they actually considered it, it was only because it was pointed out that it would violate Americans' constitutional rights that it was cha- that the <laughs> no. language was changed to exempt American citizens. So the one time that it no no the Constitution was used in a good way in recent years, instead of being Constitution lets us have guns, it it saved American people from crazy detention. But I mean the level I mean the level of fear and paranoia because that that is a law that could be used by a dictator yeah. for populist control. And I'm not arguing that John McCain was, was trying to get that passed for those reasons. He is completely petrified that there are American Al-Qaeda terrorist agents and he wants a way to deal with them in a militaristic sense as though the because the war on terror has no boundaries and has no battlefield, the only response is to then turn America into a battlefield. Mm-hmm. So in doing that, you can then co-opt the American military in that way. But the short-sightedness of that, knowing that that sort of far-reaching powers can then be used to the detriment of American democracy. You know, well, if that bill had passed, 
Do you think Trump wouldn't be fucking using it? I was about to say the same thing. You ma- could you imagine how many journalists would be in custody yeah. right now if that bill had gone through? Trump would be yeah. using it against people speaking out against him because he yeah. is a dictator. Yeah. Let's be honest, that's what he is. That's what he wants to be. That's what he models himself on. And if this bill had passed, America would be the most terrifying place on earth at the minute. Yeah. So thank Christ it was shut down. Mm. Having said that, though, if, if if McCain had been instrumental in passing that bill, then Donald Trump might have, um, you know, dignified his passing. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. No, probably not. I was giving him, I was giving him too much credit again, wasn't I? Stupid. Yeah. In the 2012 Republican Party presidential primaries, McCain endorsed former rival Mitt Romney on the eve of the January 2012 New Hampshire primary. McCain subsequently campaigned for him, but compared the contest overall to a Greek tragedy. It's pretty, pretty damning comparison. <laughs> yeah, well, I think he knew Obama pretty well, and, and he endorsed Mitt because he had to, and he sort yeah. of went... We seem to be running a cardboard cutout of a person <laughs> who, by the way, has flip-flopped on his laws, on his on his decisions so many times. The the Republicans picked incredibly badly for the for the candidate. Mitt Romney was, you know, he was the best of a bad lot, but he was actually more of a centrist than the Republicans wanted. And he, I mean, I don't know if you know about all the fact that he he used to be pro-choice. Obamacare was is actually modelled on on a very similar idea that he had when he was, I think, governor of Pennsylvania. Okay. You know, he was far more moderate, and then he sort of like he got tipped, and he went, no, 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 and just like completely appealed to the base. And the fact that he's a Mormon, he was a Mormon as well, so he's not even technically a Christian. Yeah. Um, he was he was going to fail on so many fronts. During 2013, McCain was a member of a bipartisan group of senators known as the Gang of Eight, which announced principles for another try at comprehensive immigration reform. The resulting Border Security, Economic Opportunity and Immigration Modernization Act of 2013 passed the Senate by a 68 to 32 margin. In July that year, McCain was was at the forefront of an agreement among senators to drop filibusters against Obama. Without Democrat without Democrats supporting the nuclear option that would disallow such filibusters altogether. However, Mm. the option would be imposed later in the same year, much to the senator's displeasure. These developments and some other negotiations showed that McCain had now improved relations with the Obama administration, including the president himself, as well as with Democratic Senate leader, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid and that he'd become the leader of a power centre in the Senate for cutting deals in an otherwise bitterly partisan environment. So he's back to trying to do some good now between the two parties, which more politicians should be like that. This is the only way you actually get anything done. Yeah, otherwise it's people refusing to work together and nothing happening. Yeah, which is why Congress did fuck all for however many years it was. In early 2014, the Republican Party formally censored him for having what they saw as a liberal record that had been disastrous and harmful. <laughs> McCain remained opposed to many aspects of Obama's foreign policy, however, and in June, following major gains by the Islamic State in Iraq and the Levant in the 2014 Northern Iraq Offensive, decried what he saw as a US failure to protect its past gains in Iraq and call for the president's entire national security team to resign. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Yeah, he said, could all this have been avoided? The answer is absolutely yes. 
And if I sound angry, it's because I am angry. Could all of this avoided? Emphatically, yes. Yes, it could have done. You can blame George Bush. No, it's Obama. Uh, it's never it's never the guy on your team that started it. It's the, the guy on the other team that fucked it up. Oh, yeah. I forget the rules of American politics sometimes. Unlike many Republicans, McCain supported the release and contents of the Senate Intelligence Committee report on CIA torture in December 2014, saying that the truth is sometimes a hard pill to swallow. It sometimes causes us difficulties at home and abroad. It is sometimes used by our enemies in attempts to hurt us, but the American people are entitled to it nevertheless. He added that the CIA's practices following the September 11 attacks had stained our national honour while doing much harm and little practical good, and that our enemies act without conscience, we must not. Yeah, I mean, when you've undergone torture... Although, having said that, no, I mean, I was going to say, because he did actually break under torture, didn't he? Yeah, he he sort of regained his control, but he did break, briefly, yeah. He didn't give any actionable intelligence, though, did he? No. Because he, he told things that had already happened, so they didn't actually get any... They got they they managed to use him as a propaganda tool, but they didn't actually get an intelligence from him, and that was the whole thing. About- yeah, although he he still technically broke the conventions and gave information where he shouldn't. It's uh, yeah, but yeah, yes, he- but but yeah, but he knows firsthand that even when you're even when you're broken, you you still can't be relied on to give intelligence. Yeah. Oh yeah. In April 2015, McCain announced that he would run for a sixth term as Arizona's Senate election. While there was still conservative anti party anger against him, it was unclear if they would mount an effective primary challenge against him. That was a whole bonkers. Mm. That was when Tea Party candidates took took seats from established Republican candidates. It's like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, weird times. During 2015, McCain strongly opposed the proposed comprehensive agreement on the Iranian nuclear program, saying that the security of state Kerry was delusional and giving away the store in negotiating with Iran. McCain supported the Saudi Arabian-led military intervention in Yemen against the Shia Houthis and forces loyal to the former president, saying, I'm sure civilians die in war, not nearly as many as the Houthis have executed. Again, never met a war he didn't like. Yep. Never met anybody going to war he didn't like. During the 2016 Republican primaries, McCain said that he would support the Republican nominee, even if it was Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, who'd have thought? But following Mitt Romney's March 3rd speech, McCain endorsed the sentiments expressed in that speech, saying he had serious concerns about Trump's uninformed and indeed dangerous statements on national security issues. Oh, do you remember those halcyon days when it wasn't even sure if he was going to become the nominee? I know. Those were hopeful times. And then there was all those hopeful times where it's like, he can't actually win. I feel sad now. I feel sad too. I still have, I have a photograph on my phone because I woke up at about six o'clock in the morning and checked BBC News and then took a photograph of my face and then sent it to people. <laughs> And I still have that photo where it's like six in the morning and I just, and I was like, what the fuck has happened in the world overnight? Yeah, I, I woke up, checked my phone and then proceeded to scream into my pillow for about 30 seconds. And then was, I don't remember much of the rest of that day. I, I, I know I went to work. I think I was kind of like almost in, in, in shock and not really. Yeah. I think I was kind of zombie-like for most of the day. Yeah. I mean the fact that after the after the 
results of a presidential election, a more than moderate handful of left-leaning public faces were tweeting out links to suicide helplines and talking about safe spaces for people who felt under threat, you know. Yeah, I I remember a lot of people I know or or follow online who are from America who are part of the LGBT plus community and the general sentiment I saw from those people were, we're going to die. Not not American general, but like that minority, it's like things are going to shift and we're fucked. And it was just a sense of hopelessness. We are not safe. And it's not changed for the most part. It's the... I think the anger has kicked in now more than it did then. I think it was just the shock and fear. Yeah, there then. Was, I think there was, a level, there was a level of numbness. Yeah, and I think that's why things like you know it's take it's taken almost. I think I think that if Charlottesville hadn't happened, then I still don't think that the left and the antifas would have properly galvanised at this point. Mm. I think it took something like that to shock a lot of complacency and a lot of numbness out of people and go, oh, okay, so we have to hit the streets and start hitting people now, do we? Fantastic. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, it's like you know, you can argue about violent protests. You can argue about, well, if you're, if you're being violent, then you're exactly the same as the people being violent, which, which is a false equivalency in, in any way, shape or form. But, but the problem is, is that if there is a group of people that are going out there to hurt people and you are there trying to stop them, you're not doing it to be violent. You are doing it to, to try and stop violence with the minimum. It, 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 there's a, when you work in mental health and learning disabilities, there's a thing called minimum effective restraint. And it's like you do. And so you do have to get hands on and you do have to pin people and you do have to have to have to do those things. But you do the minimum needed in order to stop the situation. Mm. And that's the difference between the two sides, I think, is is that one side are going out in order to inflict violence, glorifying in violence and wanting to hurt. And the other side are trying to do what they need to do to stop that. I saw a fairly a really, really good video, you know, the bookshop in um, London that got set on fire. Yeah. And then there was a protest. I mean, I say a protest. It was about like 15, 20 white supremacists. And then there were the um, the anti the antifas out. And, you know, and they basically just hemmed them and kept them at bay. They didn't you know, they didn't they didn't threaten. They they shouted at them a lot. But it was incredibly effective of saying we are we are herding you like sheep at this point. We are not going to engage in violence unless you engage us first. Mm. Uh, we are just going to push you away and say that you are not welcome. That you are you cannot go here. And you see that you see that again and again. That that that's that's sort of how the counter protests are conducted. Oh, that was a bit heartfelt. Yeah, unfortunately, you, you can't really get into politics without it going that way <laughs> because no. it is so yeah extreme well, you know, at the minute. You know, five years ago when people would say, oh, I'm not into politics. And it's like, well, you know, politics do affect affect a lot of things in your life. So you should be into politics because it's how you run your life. But now politics has become intertwined with hatred and divisiveness and in a way that that we haven't seen in our lifetime. And and there are so many places that the right wing are gaining a foothold. It's becoming worrying. Mm, definitely. it's. It, it, this feels like the most frightening period of the time I've been alive. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Good times, everybody. 
I'm I'm sorry for those who normally come to this show for like fun, interesting stories from history that make them giggle. I, we we've let you down. Yeah, I think it's very telling though that if I was walking, well, I mean, paradoxically, since I've become very visibly disabled, I actually generally feel safer mm. because you'd have to be a complete piece of shit to start on somebody with a cane. But you know, if I was if I was walking, if I was so so I'm walking along the street and. And there's two groups of people coming towards me. There's a group of there's a group of um, Muslim people, um, Asian people on one side, and there's a group of white guys on one side of the street. I would feel far more threatened by the group of by the group of white people. Yeah, mm. because they are the threat. They are the danger. Yeah, I you know since transitioning, I've experienced a number of of things out in the street. You know, I've I've been verbally abused threatened physically, threatened with sexual assault, death threats, been spat on. Every single one of those came from a white person. Mm. And yeah, you, you do feel more threatened by white people and because you you don't know how extreme their views are and, and how it's going to go. And I, I have to agree with you with the, the thing about if you seem visibly disabled, it's different. Like a lot of time I don't have to, but occasionally I have to walk with a stick as well. And yeah. I, I was struggling a lot today and I, I was trying to shift stuff out of the shop into the into the front area where we not sometimes have boxes and stuff. And because I was struggling to do that whilst walking with a stick, you know, I had people coming up and helping me. And mm. I think, you know, if I'm out and about with my stick, I kind of feel a bit safer because of that whole thing. Like you said, someone's got to be a real piece of shit to go for someone who looks visibly disabled. Whereas other times, you know... I, a lot of the time, it's not a very big thought in the forefront of my brain, but pretty much every time I leave the house is the thought of, is today the day I'm going to be attacked? Is today the day someone's yeah. going to kill me because of who I am? Mm. And it it is, like you said, it, I feel more threatened by a group of white guys than I do anyone else. Yeah. Well, the only, the, the, the only, the only person who's ever um, insulted me for for being disabled was a white man. Yeah, I remember you telling me and about I that. Asked him very nicely to not park in a disabled space. Well, things got very personal and depressing then, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Should we go back to John McCain taking the piss out of Trump? Yeah. That help us feel a bit better. That will help us feel a bit better. So, relations between the two had been fraught since the early days of Donald Trump's presidential campaign in 2006, when McCain referred to a room full of Trump supporters as crazies. I think 2016. 2016. 2006. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Trump snapped back at McCain by saying, he insulted me and he insulted everyone in that room. He is a war hero because he was captured. I like people who weren't captured. Perhaps he was a war hero, but right now he said a lot of very bad things about a lot of people. Ah, <laughs> oh, Trump. He has the best words, Han. Back in, back, back in the days when he was just hilarious and not frightening. Following Trump becoming the presumptive nominee for the party on May 3rd, McCain said that Republican voters had spoken and he would support Trump. When the Donald Trump Access Hollywood controversy broke, he stated that Trump's demeaning comments about women and his boasts about sexual assaults made it impossible to continue to offer even conditional support and added that he would not vote for Hillary Clinton, but would instead write in the name of some good conservative Republican who is qualified to be president. <laughs> For fuck's sake! I can just imagine him going into the movie and going, John McCain, the third. That's me, those. 
In November 2016, McCain learned of the existence of a dossier regarding the Trump presidential campaign's links to Russia, compiled by Christopher Steele. McCain sent a representative to gather more information, who obtained a copy of the dossier. In December, McCain passed it on to FBI Director James Comey in a one-on-one meeting. McCain later wrote that he felt the dossier's allegations were disturbing, but unverified by himself, so he decided to let the FBI investigate. McCain chaired the January 5, 2017 hearing on the Senate Armed Services Committee, where Republican and Democratic senators and intelligence officers presented a united front that forcibly reaffirmed the conclusion that the Russian government used hacking and leaks to try to influence the presidential election. I didn't actually realise that, that McCain had been quite so forceful in his pushback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he took a big part in the fight back against Trump. Yeah. Which explains why Trump is being a petty child about even acknowledging John McCain existed, let alone died. Repeal and replacement of Obamacare, the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, was a centerpiece of McCain's 2016 re-election campaign. And in July 2017, he said, Have no doubt, Congress must replace Obamacare, which has hit Arizonans with some of the highest premiums increase in the nation and has left 14 of Arizona's 15 counties with only one provider option on the exchange this year. He added that he supports affordable and quality healthcare, but object that the pending Senate bill did not do enough to shield the Medicaid system in Arizona. On July 14th, McCain underwent a minimally invasive craniotomy at Mayo Clinic Hospital in Phoenix, Arizona, in order to remove a blood clot above his left eye. His absence promoted Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to delay a vote on the Better Care Reconciliation Act. Five days later, Mayo Clinic doctors announced that the laboratory results for the surgery confirmed the presence of a glioblastoma, which is a very aggressive brain tumour. Standard treatments for Treatment options for this tumour include chemotherapy and radiation, although even with treatment, average survival time is approximately only 14 months. Yeah, glioblastomas. Mm. I didn't know that was the um, type of tumour. McCain returned to the Senate on July 25th, less than two weeks after brain surgery. He cast a deciding vote allowing the Senate to begin consideration of bills to replace Obamacare. Along with that vote, he delivered a speech criticising the party-line voting process used by the Republicans, as well as by the Democrats in passing Obamacare to begin with. And McCain also urged a return to regular order, utilising the usual committee hearings and deliberations. McCain did not vote in the Senate after December 2017, remaining instead in Arizona to undergo cancer treatment. On April 15th, 2018, he underwent surgery for an infection related to... Oh God, medical term. How's it spelled? Diverticulitis. Diverticulitis. That's the one. Uh, And the following day, he was reported to be in stable condition. McCain's family announced on August 24th that he would no longer receive treatment for his cancer. He died the next day on August 25th with his wife and family beside him at his home in Cornville, Arizona, four days before his 82nd birthday. So that's the life of John McCain. I haven't written much about after his death because obviously this was still unfolding um, Mm. when I was writing it and... As of recording this today, they've they've had his service and stuff, so more has gone on. So, yeah, we've mentioned briefly in this, Trump is being a complete dick about the situation, refused to speak about him or acknowledge him. I think, didn't they have the, the flag raised back up to full mast as well? Yep. So, yeah, he, he, he didn't want the flags um, lowered, but then it was said that it was protocol, so they were lowered and then 
there was um I saw a post from somebody who was in the military in Arizona and they raised and lowered the flags like three or four times over a space of about three hours. Jesus. So yeah, that was that was John McCain. Yeah. Roller coaster I, I, of a story, I, I, I think. Yeah, I, 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 I'm still like still don't quite know what to think of him, do you? No. Yeah, that's that's been how I am. I feel like I, didn't I feel think... like I would have to look at his full voting record um, to, you know, I didn't, I, 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 I didn't, I don't agree with an awful lot of his politics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in a political system that is fueled by backstabbing and insulting people across on, on the alternate you know on the other party and things that he 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 seemed to be a sort of a, a um an honorable man in that sense mm. um that there was very few occasions where he did sort of throw his toys out the pram about decisions and for the most part he was you know he he respected the politi- he respected the democratic process yeah and wanted to get the money out of politics he wanted to get the whole um voting on party lines against against your own wishes out of politics, which is how politics should be. It should be for the good of the people. Yeah, it's um, just a pity that he didn't have better politics to go alongside that. Yeah, and I, I found like before I looked into this, like when he he died, I'd heard bits and pieces about him, and my initial reaction was, "Oh, that's that's too bad." I've I've heard that he's quite a good guy, and then people started posting things and being like, "No, he he's a bit of a dick," or in some cases outright asshole so i was like okay now i don't really know what to think so i started looking into a few bits and some of the things that initially people posted i was like wow if that's true he he really is a bit of a dick and then started reading up about him and i was like okay early life his military career you know very impressive he's got a great strength of character in some ways and you have to kind of respect what he went through and how he came through it. And then his political career started and it's like, I don't agree with this, but what he did here, that that was, you know, quite quite a good decision from a point of view of he let his own moral compass guide him in a few ways and tried to do some good things, but then he'd say and do certain things where it's like, no, you're just an arsehole. And I still yeah. don't know where I stand on him. No. <laughs> and... It's like like I said, we, we talked before recording. I think the fact that we're in the UK and none of what he did, good or bad, directly affected us, we don't have a strong opinion on it to the point where I don't know what I feel about John McCain. I, I would disagree that he didn't have any impact on us because um or on us because being such uh um being allied with a warmongering country and him being such so pro-war, um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the conflicts that we've been led into over the last decade or so have been at the behest of people like McCain in America. Yeah, true. But we weren't affected with things like him voting to repeal Obamacare, or um, I can't remember the name of it because it was a few days ago now. But the scandal where all those people lost their life savings and stuff. You know, we didn't have people who had their money wiped out by him no. being a twat. You know, we on the more personal level, we weren't affected by him, if, if that yeah. makes sense. So, yeah, I don't have that kind of, that passion that people in America would have about him. So I kind of haven't come to a decision on him. <laughs> and this is like, 
the amount of time we've put into these recordings and the research as well. Normally, I've I've made up my mind on a topic by the end mm. of this was a bad thing or this was a bad person or this was a really inspiring s- story. This one, I just I still don't know. I'm not any closer. Mm. But I'm glad I know it. It's, it gives yeah. context to to all these discussions that are going on, and I can't pick a side, but I can understand both sides a bit better. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't really know what else to say about it. <laughs> no, no, I mean I mean yeah, I mean if you're going to be very sort of black and black and white about it and say, okay, well if you had to pick a Republican over the last fifteen years, that you'd be like, Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's where a lot of the the positive feelings towards him comes across as well. It's those people who aren't Republican but can look at him and go he's okay for a republican Mm. yeah i don't i don't agree with with the vast majority of his politics but he was trying to make politics better for the average he was trying to make the whole way politics runs to be what politics should be it shouldn't be about money it shouldn't be about party lines it should be about moral decisions and um you know and it it speaks volumes that he didn't manage to really get anything done because Mm don't actually give a shit about changing people's lives they just want power yeah mm. yeah so i think and un- unless you you've got anything else you want to, i think we may be done with with john mccain um can't think of anything thank you thank you for doing such exhaustive research yeah no it it wasn't too bad i you know i'm gonna be the first to turn around and say wikipedia is great and a lot of the information I get from a lot of that, I, I use, I tend to use Wikipedia as a, a skeleton framework for a lot of these stories because yeah. it has so many great sources that you can go in and check and, and see that this information's there. But, you know, I, I, I do go on to other websites and other articles and try to build upon it. But yeah, with this one, even, even with Wikipedia as a help, there's just so much content and I cut out a lot of stuff as well. I can't think of any specifics, otherwise I would have brought it up at the time. But I know that there were there were a few, um, you know, things that happened during his campaign, um, both positive and negative, um, you know, just to do with things he said and 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 stuff like that. Um, but again, I think it's, you know, ju- judging somebody on a speech they made on the campaign trail to me is far less important than yeah. But this is how he voted for fifteen years. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And to say I detest war but then have never not voted to go to for an armed presence. Um, you know, to me that's but that that says a lot more. Yeah. And that that was the big thing with that as well. It's like the the fact that he publicly condemns certain things but then allows it through, doesn't vote against it, it's like that's more important than what you say, which is why voting mm. records are really important. Yeah. Because you, um, you I, can't go off what people say. You have to look at their records because despite what they're saying there and then, their record is going to tell you what they're going to do in the future more than what they say. Yes. Because if there's a pattern Absolutely. there, it's going to continue. <laughs> Where can people find you online, Han? Uh, feel free to add me on Facebook for randoms and colouring and photos and stuff like that. Yeah. This is this is a third part. You've, you've heard Han pitch her facebook before if you're not following her already go <laughs> yeah. do it come on you've had three chances Literally, now. i mean you know I, i'm not i'm not even pitching it because because it's not like there is any original content <laughs> on there at all okay so my coloring is on there and that that that's original um and my photos and stuff but 
I basically have, you know, if you like LGBTQ and nerd stuff and, and left wingery stuff and things, then feel free to add me. Talk to me. I spend my entire life, most of my life at home. So come and have a chat. Yeah. Go, go <laughs> That's on a good Because I'm far more interesting than every other person that you would possibly ever want to chat to. It's a lie. I'm just lonely. I'm so lonely. <laughs> That's why I haunt comment threads, because none of my friends want to speak to me anymore. Hey, I speak to you. Yeah, that's true. I'm, How I'm, many hours I'm have we clocked up of speaking together this week? Okay, I know. most of it was about John McCain, but I, I still spoke to you. That, that, that is true. <laughs> and, and, I, and I will admit this, my, my best friend who lives um, over the other end of the country and also has chronic illness we do probably spend about 12 hours a week on the phone to each other wow now and now so we spend about 12 hours a week on the phone and now we also play D on sundays together <laughs> all day sundays so. so yeah if that level of crazy appeals to you go hook up wuhan <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's right sort of like yeah medium level medium level of crazy well you can find us online as well as i mentioned earlier we have facebook which is facebook.com forward slash eccentric earth uh twitter is at eccentric underscore earth and we're on instagram at eccentric earth we post up those little history tidbits and and little bits of info like that almost every day we give updates on your upcoming episodes and we post a whole load of pictures of our little mascot gohan the history bunny so even if you hated this show i'm not sure why you're still listening but like bunnies go and follow us for that and and share it with people <laughs> to see how cute he is because it's worth it just for him that's very cute uh if you want to get in contact with us for any feedback questions queries or give us more topics to put onto that gigantic list our email address is eccentric earth at outlook.com and we're on all major podcast providers and youtube so make sure you subscribe and and give us a rating and, and share us around with people because we we love getting more listeners well i think we are, are completely done with john mccain now and it's been a pleasure having you on i i'm glad that you agreed to to come and do this topic with me it's, it's been a lot of fun yeah thank you thank you so much for having me it's been it's been it's been good fun and uh yeah i've learned a lot good that is the aim fun and learning is yes, our game indeed until we have you on again thank you for joining us and we'll catch everybody in the next episode bye thanks for listening bye <laughs>